Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for joining us on our Zoe Church podcast. I'm excited. We're jumping into part two of a new series we're in called All About the Heart. Turn in your Bible with me to Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. But I want to thank every person that likes, subscribes, comments on our podcast. Thank you for sharing the message. And thank you to every person that partners with us to help get the message, the good news of Jesus out to around the world. Thank you to every person that does that. You go to our website to give and partner with us in that area. I'm actually talking about giving today in the message. So without any further ado, let's jump into part two. This week's message is called... Hey, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Let's jump in. Turn in your Bibles. If you have a Bible, go to Isaiah 29, verse 13. Coming off of a great holiday weekend, we are repenting for the calories we consumed in Jesus' name. I said, I'm feeling a little bit huskier than last Sunday, but nevertheless, the joy of the Lord. But um, go Huskies, exactly. But uh, we are today continuing a series we started last Sunday called All About the Heart. And I want to convince you, and this is the message of Jesus. This is, if you're new to our church, this is what Zoe is all about. Zoe is all about the person of Jesus. And we say it around here that grace has a name, and his name is Jesus. He is it's not a principle, it's a person. And grace, when it gets onto the inside of you, or when Jesus overwhelms the reality of your heart, grace starts to do an inside job, starts to do an inner work. He does an inner healing and an inner cleaning, an inner reviving. Everything that God does in your life moves from the inside out. That's what grace does. Religion is the opposite. Religion works outside in. In fact, religion first starts with behavior and then moves to belief, not grace. Grace starts with belonging and then moves to believing. See, long before you ever believed in God, you already belonged to God. And when grace starts to work in us, inevitably it works through us. But make no mistake about it. God is all about the heart. He's a heart God. That's why he does heart surgery. That's why he deals with the issues of our heart. Because God knows this, if your heart is good, your life is good. But if your heart goes bad, your whole life will go bad. It's all about the heart. That's why God says, above everything else, all I want you to focus on is two things. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Because God cares first about heart stuff. It's all about, not church attendance, not giving records, not how often you read the Bible, not your prayer. All that stuff is a fruit of the root. At the root level, it's heart stuff. And saying that God is the author and the finisher of this heart. This heart, though it was once bruised and battered and beaten. Oh, I feel the spirit of Mariah Carey. Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day, sucker. You gave it away. If I could sing, I would, that would have been awesome. All of us have gone through heartache, heart pain, disappointment. We've all gone through heart stuff. That's why God is always working on our heart, restoring our heart, because it all flows from the 
heart. It's all about heart. So I want to give you uh, part two's uh, title right from the jump because I want to just tell you what the problem for our life is. The title of today's message is called, It's Me, Hi, I'm the Problem, It's Me. So a few people started clapping. That's how good that title, just the title will preach. See, the reality is for most of us, the common denominator in all of our problems is me. It's my heart. It's my heart that's gone sideways, my heart that has gotten jaded, my heart that has gotten creased, my heart that has gotten hurt, my heart that has become offended. It's me. I'm the problem. It's, and, and by the way, w- watch what God says here in Isaiah. He, he, he's been dealing with heart stuff for, for many years. Watch what he says in Isaiah 29, 13. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. No, that's not the heart of God. God doesn't care about lip service. He cares about heart service. God's not caring if you're here physically, but you're not here in heart. God wants your heart. And a lot of times, the problem is our heart has wandered. Our heart has drifted. Our heart has been seduced or lured into other things. We want God to be the ultimate prize of our heart. There's a scripture that says, Whom have I on heaven and on earth, and on earth there is none that I have desired above thee. In other words, God, I give you my whole heart. I said it this last week, and I'll say it again today, that God does not want your money. God wants you. And the problem is, is that usually money has you. So God talks more about money in the Bible than he does about sex, about heaven, about hell, about most other subjects. Why? Because he knows that there is a string from our heart to our wallet. And so God does not want to fight over money with you. He wants you. And so he addresses these issues to get our heart clean from the love of money. Money is not evil. Money is nebulous. Money is nebulous in the sense that whoever's hands is in, that's what matters. But we don't use money for bad. We use money for good. And we don't serve money. We serve God. Money is not our Lord and money is not our provider. Money promises everything that only God can deliver on. Money promises you significance. Money promises you safety. Money promises you comfort. Money promises everything that only God can deliver on. So we don't make money our God. We make God our God. And I don't think a lot of people wake up in, in one Tuesday morning. like, you know what? I'm just going to start serving money. Just feeling like, just like, I'm done with the God stuff. I'm just going to do it. Go on heart and soul on money. No, inevitably what happens in life through circumstance, through financial pressure, through what you're exposed to, all of a sudden, slowly but surely, money creeps in to becoming the main part of your life. And it starts to run our life, starts to define us. Your identity is not in money. Your identity is in Christ. Your identity is not in how much you have. Your identity is, who, is, is in who calls your name. Money says, if you got this, you're going to be covered. You're going to be taken care of. No, no. But God says, if you believe in me, you'll have everlasting life. If you serve me and no other gods, you live a life of freedom. Everything that money wants to give you, God has already given you in Christ Jesus. Anybody thankful today that you already have more than enough? It's not just a song we're singing today. 
the reality of Christ. I want to talk to you about today one of the most powerful things that you can put into practice in your faith. One of the things that is a game changer when it comes to taking money off of the throne of your life and God onto the throne. Remember, God does not just want to become your Savior. God also wants to become your Lord. Savior is, I just don't want to go to hell. Lord is, you're the boss, you're the master, I am the servant. God does not just want to become your Savior. He also wants to become your Lord. He's the Lord of my life. Whatever you say goes. Whatever you want, I'll do. I will say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go, and I will only root for who you want me to root for, the Lakers. This is just serving God. So the reality is we got to get to that place. And one of the practices that you can put into your faith that will help God be the master and the leader of your life is called tithing. Tithing. Now, tithing is a Hebrew word, and it represents the word tenth in the Hebrew language, a tenth. God says, everything I give you. Now, we got to recognize together, everyone together, everything we have has come from God. Everything that you have in your life has come from God. Now, sure, God gave you talent. He gave you time. He gave you opportunity. And you've had to work hard and steward hard for all you got. But there's no such thing as a self-made person, self-made man. Look at what I've built. No, whatever you've built, God has built it. Because God gave you the talent. God gave you the brilliant mind. God gave you creativity. God gave you relationship. God gave you personality. Everything you have has come from, not from you, it's come from God. God says, out of the 100% that I give to you, I want you to keep nine or 90%. And I want you to return to me 10%. I want you to give back to me this tithe. Now, write down number one today. Tithing is a two-way test. I love this because a lot of times we, we come to this area of tithing and we need to just, we need to understand what it is because we, we love payday. Anybody by show of hands, you love payday. Who loves payday? Yeah, it's the first of the month. So wake up, wake up, wake up, cash your checks and get up. We, everybody love payday. Everybody, no, I never met a person that was like, oh, hate the first of the month. No, first of the month is like, you counting down the days till that direct deposit hits. Nobody wants a check. We want the, who am I preaching to right now? Payday should be called test day. That's not payday. That's test day. And every time you receive money from your working, from your bidding, for whatever you do, whatever J-O-B you got, freelance or were you on the W-2, whatever you do, you've got to understand that this is test day. It's not payday. You are being tested in your trust in God. You are being tested in your faith in God. You are being, now I don't know about you, but I grew up, I'm not the smartest person in the class. Somebody say amen. I didn't grow up smart. I grew up, you know, I was playing, playing PE, but I wasn't into, you know, math, uh, math, science, English, history, any of the other stuff. I was not into it. So, so I always appreciated when they gave us a heads up that a test was coming. And I was I always loving to say, Monday, when you come back, at, in, in second period, you are going to be taking a test. That way, all weekend, I would just know while I'm playing video games, a test is coming. I just wanted to know. It just makes me feel better. I know it's coming. I'm not getting ready for it, but it's coming. I did not appreciate when I was in the class, and during the middle of the class, the teacher was like, all right, paper out, 
pencil. We're going to take a pop quiz. I'm like, hold up. Wait a second. Nobody told me it's test day. See, you need to know when you get paid, it's not just ball out. It's test day. And God invites you. The only area of your life that God invites you to test him in is in the area of money. God says, test me, try me, test me out, test, let, see what I got, test me. There's no other area that God's like, test me. This is the only area God's like, well, watch what I got, test me, check, check me out. Just t- t- I had a friend years ago, he, he, uh, for 90 days, he said he slept like a baby. 90 days, he's just like, man, we got the best sleep. Because there was a store that was doing a 90-day test period on a mattress. And so my guy was like, well, at least we can get 90 days of good sleep. After 90 days, he had to return it. And he's like, man, that's a bummer. But I t- got to test it out for 90 days. I want to encourage you, test God out. Test him out to see if God is true. Watch what Malachi 3 verses, let's start in verse uh, 6. Watch what God says. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, you are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and you have not kept them. Watch what God says. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? God asks a question. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. And you ask, how are we robbing you? He says, in tithes and in offerings. Now, let me just, I want to make sure you understand the difference between a tithe and an offering. A tithe, God says, 10% of everything that you receive, bring it and return it back to me. An offering is something that is over and above that. So an offering is over the 10%, but a tithe is just the 10th. So he said, in tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Now, I just want to make sure you understand Scripture. This is from the Old Testament. In the New Testament, in the book of Galatians, the Bible teaches us that in Christ, if you are in Christ, you cannot be cursed. So you are no longer cursed. Now, listen, I want to say, you're not cursed, but God today wants to talk to you about putting a blessing on your money. So you cannot be cursed because you're in Christ. Jesus has, we say, reversed the curse. So if you're in Christ, you cannot be cursed. But in the area of money, what we're talking about today is having your money be blessed. Let me say it this way. God can do more with 90% that's blessed than 100% that is not. So he says, watch. He says, he says in verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. So God is saying, by the way, just, I, I want to make sure I under, just teach you what we want to do with our heart and with our faith. We do not give to get. So our motivation of tithing is not giving, so I get. I give because this posture of humility, when I give my tithe, it is saying to God, you are my source, not me. I depend on you, not me. You are my provider. I am not my provider. Listen, God is not in heaven today going, man, if you don't give, we're kind of, we're kind of out of luck. God's not in heaven struggling to pay the bills. Somebody say amen. God does not do it because he needs it. God God asks you to do it because you need it. God doesn't need money. He has all the money in the world. God needs you. 
He wants you. He wants your heart, not your money. So tithing is not about, it's not about money. It's all about the, it's about the heart. So when I tithe, I'm saying, God, all my heart is yours. All of my faith is yours. All of my trust, I trust not in me. I trust in you. I don't believe in me. I believe in you. So I give to you what belongs to you, not so that I can get more, but because I'm already blessed. See, what I, what I don't think, I don't appreciate people that give the tithe so they can get more. Yeah, tithing so I can ball out, baby. No, no, that's weird, first of all. Do you think God in heaven, if you give your tithe so you can get, do you think God is in heaven going like, man, I'm so happy that greed is being conditioned into you. Man, I'm just so proud that you've got the revelation of greed. No, tithing is saying thank you. Tithing is worship. Tithing is saying, Lord, (laughs) this... 90% that you've given me is more than enough. And so I'm glad to return to you what belongs. Will a man rob God? And they say, well, come on, how how have we we robbed you? He said, well, you robbed me in tithes and offerings. The tithe is God's. When I get paid, payday is test day. When I get paid, I will not keep what belongs to God. I will return to God. Now, this is a big, big deal because... uh, Researchers have shown that 75 to almost 85% of most Christians do not practice this. They do not practice tithing. And you need to understand, when test day comes, you gotta, you got to ask yourself, am I going to do what God wants me to do, or am I going to do what I want to do? Will I, will I make money my insulation of resource of comfort, or will I make God? And will I, Tithing is a test of faith. And trust and obedience. And if I trust God, God says, you just watch. You just buckle up, buddy. Because if you do this, I will open the windows of heaven and pour out more. You won't be able to handle the blessing. Now, now he's not talking about just fiduciary realities. He's not talking about financial income. He's saying, I'll bless you in ways that you never imagined. I'll bless you with peace on your pillow. I'll bless you with joy in your spirit. I'll bless you with wisdom on decisions. I'll bless you with creative business endeavors. I feel like clapping and having church for a second because I just need you to understand that God will open up the windows and pour out blessing. A lot of us are like, man, I want to be blessed. And I'm like, man, do you tithe? Because God wants to bless you. He, but he can't bless you in supernatural ways if we don't live according to his word. So, so tithing is a test of my faith, and tithing is a test of God's promise. In fact, write down number two. Test God's promise, not God's patience. Test God's promise. Now, the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen. So if God promised it, I want to test it. I'm going to test God. Okay, that's what you said. That's what you said you'd do. I'm going to put God to test. Now, I don't know a tither in the world that has tithed, tested God, and found him to be a liar. Do you need to know this about God? God is a promise giver, and God is a promise keeper. Oftentimes, my boys will be like, Dad, where are we going to Chick-fil-A today? You promised me that we go to Chick-fil-A today. And I have to find some excuse, you know. Ah, boys, it's Sunday. No, it's not. It's Friday. Okay, you're right. Um, 
You see the way our checking and our savings works, boys? It's I, like sometimes they catch me like, Dad, you told me I could watch a screen. You told me that we played. You told me. And every once in a while, it's the worst when, I'm, when they're right and I'm like, ah. Let's go to Chick-fil-A. Let's play catch. See, we're men. We're human. We, we fail in our promises. God is not a man that he would lie. God is a promise giver. He is a promise keeper. So God test his promise. If I were you, I'll just be like, all right, let's see if this stuff works. I've never met a tither that tithed and found God to be a liar. I've never met somebody that tithed and be like, you know what? I'm just, I'm out on it. It's not working. No, tithing works because God works. Tithing works because God's promises are true. And so test God's promise, not God's patience. In the Old Testament, what would happen is people would not test his promise. They would test his patience. Watch this scripture. Look, look at this. This is, this is a beautiful portion of scripture to me. Look at Psalm 106, verse 13. Yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild, testing God's patience in that dry wasteland. So he gave them what they asked for, but he sent a plague along with it. They were testing God's patience, testing God's Now, aren't you grateful today that as dumb as you and I are, God is still patient? Is anybody thankful today for the patience of God? The Bible says that God is slow to anger. He is rich in love. As far as the east, from the west, he's removed our transgressions from us. God is patient. I'd rather stop making God work on his patience and activate God to work on his promise. Instead of testing God's patience, he is a patient God. He will be patient with you, and he will wear you down with his kindness. He will wear you down with his faithfulness. He will wear you down with his grace. I'd rather, instead of testing his patience, why don't we test his promise? God, you promised me that you would do this. You promised that you would take care of me. You promised, and when you activate your faith that way, all of a sudden, you start walking in the promises of God. I want to encourage you today. Don't read about the promises. Activate the promises. Don't hear about the promises. Live in the promises. I believe that your life right now, you can start living in the promises of God here and now. This is a two-way test. When I get paid, I'm not getting paid Getting tested. When the first comes, it's not a pop quiz. Oh, what do I do? No, I've been known the whole weekend, we're getting paid. And when I get paid, I, I, my, my faith, my trust, my obedience. Is God a promise giver and is he a promise keeper? Will he open the windows of heaven? Now, right now in Los Angeles, uh, it's just an interesting time to be here because during the day, 74, and in the morning, it's below 30. In my bones. And, and, and so, you know, we, we have a window that we just recently had to replace in our house. And some of our windows we're having to go through because uh, in the wintertime, our house is like an icebox. And so, you, you know what's cold in your house when you, like, go into bed and you put, like, the long johns and the sweats and the undershirt and the hoodie, maybe a little beanie. You just bundled up. It's like, am I sleeping outside? No, but I'm fragile. Sometimes, like right now, the window open is bad. But when it comes to your finances and it comes to your life, 
I don't want the windows in heaven to be closed. I want the windows wide open so I can see heaven show up in the reality of my life. I think you should live with an open heaven, not a closed one. When I tithe, the windows of heaven are open, and when I don't, the windows are closed. See, you can, act, you, a lot of times like, God, when are you going to move on my behalf? God's like, I'm waiting on you to move so that I can move. When I tithe, I move the hand of God. And God can pour out more blessing than I can handle in my life. Here's the third and the final thing I want you to, to be encouraged with today. Listen, we give to Jesus, but above that, we live for Jesus. So in other words, today is not about money. I came to church, it's all about money. No, it's not. Today is all about living for God. Money is one of the areas that God talks about, but it's not the only area. I love that we're in a culture that's into like holistic healing, holistic health. You know, it's not just, by the way, these terms that we have in culture today are just so insane. Like, like when I was growing up, we didn't talk about gut health. It's weird. The other day, someone's like, yeah, I got a leaky gut. And I'm like, okay, enough. I am so, dude, get your air one out of here, okay? We're just, I'm done with it. A leaky gut. You're not a faucet. Shut up. We live in this culture. It's like, we want to be healthy. Health is wealth. Yeah, it is. That's why God is the inventor of holistic health. He said, love me with all your mind. Why? Because your mind is going to get eroded and destroyed if it's dealing with all kinds of fantasy, all kinds of bitterness. Serve me with your mind. Capture every thought, make it obedient to God. Serve me with your heart. Why? Because no other idol will take care of your heart like I can. Your heart cannot be trusted in your career. Your heart can be trusted with me. God doesn't just care about one area of your life. He cares about every area. He cares about your body. That's why the Bible teaches us your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he talks to you about your health. Why? Because that's where God lives is in you. So don't you think that God is going to talk to us about one of the biggest areas of our life, and that is called money? It's not about money. God doesn't need money. He needs you. And he knows that you can't walk in freedom. You cannot walk in purpose if money is an idol. You cannot walk in your God-given potential if you're still holding on to money. No, I tithe because I'm saying, no, no, you make my career happen. No, 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 you build my life. No, 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 you, you, uh, you, I need your blessing in my house. I want the peace of God. I want the plan of God. I want the purpose of God. I want the promise of God. And so, listen, I don't just give money. I live for Jesus. Could you imagine that we give a tithe, but we live incongruent to the gospel? Look, look at this. Watch what Jesus says. Look at this verse in Matthew 23. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you pay your tithe and your mint and your, your, your cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. He's saying that's great that you tithe, church, but what about mercy? What about justice? What about doing the real stuff? In other words, I don't give to God and live however I want. I paid my tithe. I should be blessed. No, I paid my tithe and I live for God. In fact, my tithe is just a microcosm of the bigger deal, and that is my heart and my faith and my life being given to Jesus. That's like someone paying 
for child support and never loving or praying for or checking in on their child. That's not about money. It's about heart. It's about my heart is in this. My heart is for my children. My heart is for my faith. My heart is for this community. My heart is for the world. My heart is for the kingdom. It's not about giving. It's all about living for Jesus. He's like, you you get it all wrong, guys. You're like, oh, I'm good. I tied so I can do whatever I want. No, the weightier stuff is living for the glory of God, taking care of mercy and justice and the faithfulness of God in our life. God doesn't want your money. He wants you. And money has you. So he's talking to us about an area that becomes an idol overnight, an idol without us even thinking about it. By the way, when you give, you do not give to Zoe. You do not give to your pastors. You, do, you, you give straight to Jesus. Look at this verse. Let me comfort you today. Look at the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 7. Here, mortal, mere mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, of whom it is witness that he lives. You're not given to a church, you're given to a God. You're giving straight to Jesus. When I give my tithe, I know it's going straight to God. God, this is between me, the IRS, and Jesus. Hello, somebody. And so, okay, come on. And so, when I give, it's worship. And I give my tithe because he told me, and I go above that, and I give an offering because I want to. An offering is not giving what you have to, it's giving what you want to. And I'm believing for your life that you walk in the freedom of finance. You don't got a you problem. I heard this great philosopher on money. He's a money expert. His name is Dave Ramsey. My dad always was preaching Dave Ramsey growing up. When I was growing up, Dave Ramsey was like a cuss word to me. Because Dave Ramsey is the reason why we can't go to Applebee's. Couldn't stand Dave Ramsey. Dad, why are you paying double mortgage payment? Dad, why are you buying our cars in cash? I used to get mad at my dad. Why are you so good with money? You're so bad with money. I used to tell my dad, you're cheap. Now that I'm older, I'm like, you're smart. I saw Dave Ramsey say the other day, you don't have a money problem. You have a you problem. So if you didn't have a you problem, you'd have washboard abs and a tons in your saving. You don't got a food problem. You got a you problem. You don't got a money problem. You got a you problem. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. It's not God, God is waiting to bless you and to shower you and to take care of you. But it takes a lot of trust why do you think 75% of Christians are like, nah? Worship? Oh, I will sing all day long. Money? How dare you? <laughs> you got a lot of nerve. I don't got a lot of money. Some people say, I can't afford to tithe. I would argue you can't afford not to tithe. I'm telling you, when I go to bed and I sleep at night, I sleep like a baby. Why? God is my provider, not me. God, if he takes care of the grass, if he takes care of the bird, how much more will he take care of you? 
don't seek first all the other stuff. Seek first the kingdom of God. God is my God, not money. I don't live for money. I don't live for wealth. I don't live for significance. I live. For, I already died. How about you? Come on, clap today, Zoe, if you're grateful. I'm living for Jesus. I'm living for serving him and loving him. Come on, stand to your feet today. We're going to sing this song that Jireh, Jehovah, he's here today. He's with us today. Oh, come on, if you believe it, let's worship God. Hallelujah.